0: Uh, you woke up this morning. Yeah. Yeah. This is why we need another person. (laughs) You've lost all ability to banter. I think it's like a side effect of the second shot. I think since you've had the second shot and your fear of dying has passed, you've lost a little bit of your edge. You're soft. I mean, when you had the fear of death, you had better banter. So I've taken things upon my own hands and invited our new uh, social leverage cohort friend, Nikita on the show, we just need a little fresh blood Canute, so don't feel bad. Nikita, welcome.
1: Hello, boys.
0: What do you? Think, how are Knute? you guys doing? The Canute's a little upset, Nikita, so just go easy today. You're a banter machine. Um, <laughs> Nikita's coming to us from Vancouver, Canute. Fantastic. Yeah. Glad to have you on, Nikita
1: Thanks, Canute. I still got some banter game because I haven't been jabbed yet, so let's see how far that goes.
0: and by the way, where where were you born, Nikita?
1: I was born in India.
0: And in what in what part of India?
1: Uh, in the north part, the city called Chandigarh.
0: Hmm. How many people? 70, 80 million?
1: Um, no, no, no. It's a very small city. It, it was the first metro city designed by a French architect, Le Carbusier.
0: Um, Her dropping knowledge. She's already been friendlier than Canute. Ask oh, Canute a question. It's like talking to Max. Yes. I feel like I'm being ousted no. here. What's going on? <laughs> all right so you're in blah 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 blah, india what was the population
1: um it's a very small city um i don't know if somebody's doing a fact check but i think uh, it was maybe 10 million
0: and nikita is 10 million small city 10 million that's bigger than all of norway that's why i was goofing up canute population of norway five million of all of norway yep that's it oh man that's so unfair Blah, 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 India should move into all of Norway. <laughs> so Nikita is uh, an actress, but also working at social leverage, which is exciting. She, she took on a principal role here, helping social leverage as we uh, raise fund for, uh, grow our firm. And how thrilling has it been, Nikita, to work for me?
1: It's been absolutely thrilling. I am super happy. I'm so happy that I'm thinking of quitting my acting gig.
0: She's super happy. You, everybody here will hear a lot of the word super. Between the two of us, out, mom, super duper, about. um, But something about having a third wheel, Knut. I feel really good about it. The timing's good. She knows how to act. We may put together a few skits on zoom and uh, knows the markets really well. So Nikita is a uh, analyst by trade. Where'd you go to school Nikita?
1: I went to the university of British Columbia here in Vancouver, and uh, I got a BCom degree majored in finance and econ here in the lovely British Columbia.
0: And so you've worked in Toronto. Yes. Um, how many times have you been murdered <laughs> as an actress?
1: I'm only once so far.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It feels like (laughs) that's the running joke that you've only been murdered once. You shared the picture with me and now I just assume you get murdered. Every show I write for you, every script that I've written for you so far, you've ended up just bludgeoned. So, uh, Canute, when we work her into our stuff, even at the end of the podcast, someone, she should just fall over or something. Good idea. So today, and it wasn't planned but today we have our first entrepreneur, founder, incredible company. He's joining us from Bangalore, Nikita, which truly is a small town, right?
1: I think Bangalore is way bigger than Chandigarh.
0: <laughs> no. And- <laughs> <laughs> She's being a good straight person here. So, Zerodha is pretty much the largest, I mean, they make Robin Hood look small. Right. So I wanted to go a little bit global here as Coinbase did go public at, I don't know, 70, 80 billion. Uh, eToro E-Toro Robin Robinhood's on the verge of going public. Um, the U.S. is opening, but at the same time, India, and we'll, we'll talk to them briefly about it. It's just a horrific tragedy of, of COVID. They're just really, you know, shut down and I think back in full lockdown. So we'll, we'll talk briefly about that, but our condolences to everybody in India. So Nitin's going to join us. He's the founder. He's going to talk about trading in India, the markets, COVID. We're just going to dig into entrepreneurship. So is that all right with everybody here? Knut? Absolutely.
1: Sounds great to me.
0: I think she's already doing great. Knut, what do you think? I think she's doing great. Yeah. I think it'll take three or four episodes for her to jab back. So I've got three or four episodes to just tear her confidence down. So uh, Nikita, don't feel the urge to uh, over-speak, but hop in whenever you want because you know uh, you love markets as well. All right, let's get Nitin on the phone. Yes, I will.
2: Hey, hi. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Kenneth. Hi, Nikita.
0: What time do we have there today? Yeah. Are we getting you late at night?
2: No, it's not that late. It's nine ten p.m. And you're in Bangalore. What's the, what's the population? I think 13 million, 13, 14 million. Jeez. And were you born in Bangalore? Uh, no, my, uh, I was born in a smaller town and uh, my dad used to work in the bank. So he took us around the country. Uh, I was very close to Chandigarh in a place called Karnal, you know, which is like 100 kilometers from Chandigarh actually, you know, so.
1: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> so today
0: it's April and India is in a lockdown. Can you give me just kind of a sense of the tragedy or, or how you're seeing it there? I mean, it's just it's just madness.
2: I mean, like we got away in the first wave, right? As in we were all very confident that we said the Indian immune system is much better and you know, all those stories. And right now, as in like today, Bangalore has gone into a full lockdown. All the large cities are breaking down. I think even with the oxygen supplies, I think a bunch of large hospitals have run out of their oxygens and you know, it's just it's just chaos. I just hope uh this lockdown is going to slow this uh thing down because all the all the large cities have gone into lockdowns.
0: Well, uh we're thinking of you guys. It's terrible. We uh it's just a shame that this continues to ravage around the world and and um you know, I was following it a little bit because I was watching, you know, in America we've kind of a, become oblivious and um to follow the Reopening, I owned some make my trip m m y t just to kind of keep an eye and it was breaking out, and then all of a sudden it's just you know down 40 percent in the last two weeks, so I knew something was wrong, so the country was acting like all was good, just maybe a couple months ago
2: yeah, I think I think it's just it's just gotten really bad in the last two weeks, especially this week it's just i think we had three hundred thousand plus cases yesterday and today, I guess, so it's uh I think, you know, maybe this lockdown should have been planned maybe a week earlier, a week, 10 days earlier. But India also had elections in between in some states. So I think the government had to kind of hold off till the elections were done. So yeah, it's quite, quite chaotic. Well, the
0: company, congrats on your company. You bootstrapped this thing starting in 2010. So tell people a little bit about how you built the largest bro. And there's a lot more than just being the largest brokerage, but Tell people, you know, the background and and why you loved the brokerage industry and how you you went ahead and built the largest brokerage without VC capital. It's really an amazing thing. Thanks.
2: Uh, so, yeah, so we, uh, I, I used to trade the markets when I was in school. So uh, went bust, then worked in a call center, made a lot of calls to the U.S., sold mobile phones and credit cards to, to guys in, in the U.S. for a while for actually for three, four years. And I used to trade during days, you know, because we used to call US in the nights. Uh, I put up some trading capital back in 2005, six, I, uh, I quit my job, uh, started managing some money because I had a good run. Some folks saw my performance and they said, you know, why don't you manage some money for me? Uh, in 2008, uh, we were short in the markets. My younger brother had joined me trading by then. Uh, we made some money in 2008, and I had by 2009 I had already day traded for a long time and I was kind of hitting my shelf life of sorts and I wanted to kind of take a sabbatical from trading and uh, in India at that time the the largest exchange in India is called the National Stock Exchange. Uh, they uh, came out with a very innovative product which is uh, the exchange gave a trading platform free of cost for the members of the exchange right so so essentially you know if you could take a membership on the exchange the exchange would actually give you a trading platform right so that's when the idea came about saying is there a way to kind of disrupt the pricing if you know if someone's giving you technology for free right and uh, so that's how the business started in 2010 so in india until 2010 when we started uh, the brokerage pricing was all a percentage fees uh, you know if you if you buy stocks and hold it to the next day you pay 0.5% you do an option trade between uh, a dollar to dollar and a half a contract, right? So we launched in 2010 and uh, we said we will charge a flat fees of 20 rupees or 30 cents a trade. Right. Uh, And uh, which was very disruptive in terms of pricing at that time. And, uh, and we were doing it on the back of the platform, which, you know, which was like a white label platform from the exchange. And uh, the third thing that we did when we started the business was, um, In India, traditionally, brokers were also the largest banks in the country, and they were very opaque in the way they worked. So uh, what we did was we gave one deal for all our customers, which meant that it gave us an opportunity to be transparent, etc. So we started blogging, and I was very active uh, in in my pseudo-name, in my pseudo-self, in a lot of these online trading and blogging communities. Uh, you know, so kind of use that network to get the first bunch of customers. So uh, that's how we started in 2010. Around 2013, the first competitor came around the scene and said the same things that we were saying. Uh, and that's when it kind of hit on us that you can't really build a business uh, leveraging on a third-party product. We had to build it ourselves. And uh, uh, Kailash, who had Sir Tech, he joined us uh, in 2013. Around him is when we started building the product. Uh, 2015 is when we launched our in-house products. Now, if you were to ask me, what is a Zerodha product like? You can probably think of it as a Hood version of interactive brokers. Uh, the reason being for us, uh, the bread butter jam, you know, comes from very active day traders. Uh, and futures and option traders and all of them, right? So they need all the bells and whistles that's required in a trading platform, like an interactive broker's platform. But majority of our customers are first-time to the markets, right? So they also need the simplicity, the minimalism, and all of that. Uh, So the big challenge for us when we launched our in-house product was we had to cater to both type of customers. Um, We also launched uh, this initiative called Varsity, which in 2014, I think, today is uh, behind mestopedia the the most active in terms of uh, education uh, uh, no, education initiative completely MOOC, uh, no no cost no advertisements nothing as in it's it's done really well for us in 2016 uh, we launched uh, rain matter which is our fintech incubator so what we did when we launched our trading platform is before we launched a trading platform uh, we launched this thing called Skyte Connect APIs, APIs on which you can build trading platforms. So our own platform was like a platform built on top of those APIs. Uh, so we opened that up to startups and said, uh, the real problem to solve in this country is to grow the ecosystem uh, and not to build another trading platform, right? And, you know, it's about building niche user experiences that can potentially grow the capital market ecosystem in India. And uh, so that uh, that incubator today has 20 startups, uh, you know, some of the coolest startups working on savings, investing, trading in this country are part of that portfolio. Um, and yeah, so uh, so in 2018, 19, we became the largest broker in the country. So today we are at 5 million customers. We do almost 10 million trades a day. Uh, we have a million, million and a half people logging in and trading on a daily basis. We run the largest direct mutual fund platform in the country, um, and you know, luckily for us, we we didn't really have to raise any venture capital. Uh, that means uh, we're still bootstrapped, and and thankfully we're also profitable.
0: Well, congrats! Americans do everything the uh, exact opposite way. But now the fever for stocks is high in the U.S. Is it the same thing? I mean, obviously, I think what's a twenty million? It's you know, people think of India as just such a giant country, which it is, people, but the actual investing or trading class is what, 20 to 30 million people only?
2: Yeah. Um, So we are a 1.5 billion population, but people who have invested in the stock markets once a year last year, they're probably 12 million, 12, 13 million. Uh, The total number of people who would have invested in stock markets directly or through mutual funds is probably around 30 to 40 million, you know, in all. And
0: are you licensed to do business in other countries or just uh, India?
2: Uh, India is a little tricky kind of a market. So, um, you know, getting foreigners to invest into Indian stocks, I mean, is is quite painful. And, uh, And getting money out of India for Indians to invest in outside stocks is again, very painful. So right now, it's just India. you know. So I mean, Indian investors investing into Indian markets is what we're focusing on. And that opportunity is quite big because I think in India, while uh, the population is 1.5 billion, I think at least 70 or 80 million Indians can potentially invest and they're not investing in the markets today. So there is a there is an opportunity to kind of grow that market from like 30 to 40 million to 70 to 80 million.
0: Right. So the VCs are coming. There's uh, Upstock. There's there's a bunch of startups that are well-funded. Um, and even StockTwits is building a social community. To, I think you might have met Shiv, but I'll introduce you to Shiv. Yes. Who's starting to work uh, on the StockTwits India community. What is it about India that seems to me, maybe because it's YouTube videos, and it, it seems to me that it's a very technically focused investing community they love technicals hate fundamentals what, what do you think that is
2: yeah no i think i think we we are kind of working in a lag compared to you know what's happening in the us yeah so right now in india technical analysis is just you know, is is probably the most popular way of trading investing and uh the communities per se uh the closest community is actually twitter and it's still very spread out so you don't really have these uh in our know, groups or you know, all of that's still not happening because it's it's the active trading population in India, right? The guys who do day trading, the people who do futures and options trading. I think that that whole population in all is maybe between one to two million, right? So it's a really, really shallow market today. And uh, and that's why, you know, you don't really see too much of activity. Maybe on, even on, you know, I think trading view India has is gotten a little bit of activity, but... It's nothing, you know, it kind of, you would assume for the kind of population we have or, you know, the overall market size that the activity on social media around stocks and trading and all of that should be a lot more, but uh, it isn't. Um, And uh, I think most Indians who are getting into the markets, they kind of, they get swayed away by all these advisors on YouTube talking about how to make quick money and, and technical analysis. So that's the thing right now in India.
0: What? I mean, obviously, you love the markets. You started when you were 17 and like every red blooded human that invests, you blew up your first account or you bored to blow up your first account. Do you remember what that felt like? Because you now are seeing India, like if we're going to go from 20 to 80 million people, you're still at the early days of people about to make the same mistakes that you made when you were 17, 18 year old yourself. So what was it about the markets that uh, gave you the bug?
2: No, I mean, I think it's a lure of quick money, as you know, so like everyone, right? So <laughs> I think, you know, like uh, I keep telling this, uh, probably stock markets, the toughest place to make easy money in life, right? So uh, my my younger brother is still actively trades. So he runs a hedge fund in India, uh, which is done quite, you know, it's probably amongst the best uh, top performing hedge funds. And uh, he's actively part of uh, uh, Zeroda as well. The hedge fund's called Rubicon. So when when I blew up, I had borrowed and blown up. So, uh, and I come from a very low middle class kind of a family, and and I come from a very South Indian orthodox, uh, you know, go to a good school, get a job kind of a family, and uh, um, it was tough back then. But I think I was addicted <laughs> to trading. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think I think that's that's what got me going.
0: And your hypothesis is about the fast beating the slow, right? Not the big beating yeah. the small. So tell me a little bit about that and how you set up the structure of the company.
2: Yeah. So when we started, uh, I mean, there wasn't really big ambitions of sorts, right? As in when we started, I used to be very active. So I, I've I've always been a very active person in terms of uh, networking online. So I used to run some of the largest Yahoo Messenger communities and uh, groups in India around stock market trading. You know, back in the day, the Orkut communities and those Yahoo groups and and all of that, right? So I used to to spend a lot of time interacting with traders. So when we started the business, it was it was like you know you know a bunch of traders and um, you're kind of building a, a business only for this small group of almost like friends and family, right? And uh, that was essentially the play. The play was for us. My younger brother continues trading. He was shot at building like a small little brokerage firm. If it doesn't work out, I get back trading. And that's how we started. But uh, by 2012, you know, two years into the business, I think we kind of smelled that there was an opportunity to kind of build a large business. And uh, I think that happened because, I, as running Zerodha, you know, I started getting closer to the regulators and the competition. Uh, before starting the business, a lot of people had scared the shit out of me about you know how regulators are gonna just eat you up. But then, the closer we got to the regulator, we figured that the regulator, as long as you're doing what is right for the customer, is actually going to support you. Uh, you know, once we knew that, um, and then we knew that you know the problem with the competition, the fact that they were kind of stuck with a lot of legacy issues, is when we suddenly you know our ambitions of building a large business actually came through. And uh, and as we grew the business, by 2013, uh, we are making profits as a business. I think the reason for making those profits was because We started as a four-member team. For the first two years, we were like 15, 20. And uh, our first bunch of customers were all revenue-generating. They were all active and doing between 10 to 20 trades a day. And so they were all revenue-generating customers. Uh, One thing I kind of always knew trading the markets is that no one really decides to trade the markets looking at an advertisement. So we never advertised as a business. So we have have spent zero rupees or zero dollars till date on marketing and advertisement we charge $5 an account. So if someone wants to open an account, he has to pay us $5. So we, in a way, filter out all the non-serious kind of guys and just open accounts for the serious folks, right? So yeah, so around 2013 is, is kind of when we were in the money. And that's also when in India, the VC, uh, the venture capital, private equity kind of guys started coming in and started offering us some money. And by then, I kind of knew a bunch of founders who had taken money from VCs and Ps and kind of uh, the obligation investors' money brings on the table, right? Uh, and then there were two options, right? As in one is to kind of fight that fight, which is the fight of deep pockets or kind of go and fight by doing what is right for the customer, right? And uh, personally, I think if you do what is right for the customer before what, what is even right for the business, that itself becomes like a big moat, uh, which which can help you kind of grow as a business. So until now, We have never built any product or done anything with the idea of generating revenue. I mean, it's always been about, is this right for the customer? And if it's going to benefit him, we will do it. Even, you know, there have been many cases where we built products where we've actually lost revenue by offering that product. Uh, But eventually, you know, people have said good things about us and that's how we have grown completely based on word of mouth. So, so yeah, so we, I think we will end this year with $200 million of revenue and, like hundred twenty, hundred thirty million dollars million in profits, you know? So, um, and yeah, and like I said, without offering loans or without margin funding or without, you know, instigating people to trade more and all of that. So, um, and so, yeah, so the idea of not taking money has been that one, your organizational structure is a lot more, you know, wired towards thinking about customer before investor. mm mm-hmm and two, uh you know you can take decisions a lot more faster which is a big edge to have as a business
0: and when congratulations of course when will you um start thinking about us stocks are they clamoring for us stocks we we'll get i got a bunch of questions now about the markets and the future and you know cuz you're in a strong position acquisitions uh, so i want to tackle all three um have you thought about buying your way out of India and like doing some acquisitions in other countries, or it's just all there's just too much growth in India and you're not worried about it?
2: so we we realized the underlying technologies, the infra I mean the way our trading platforms build is completely different. So I spent three, four months here trying to figure stuff and then then realized that we had to essentially rebuild the entire business once again in the u s. We can't really just, just because the trading platform looks a certain way and it looks similar in all the countries, uh, you can't just take what we've built in India and just come and replicate in the US, uh, mainly because uh, the way the underlying infra works. So, for example, in India, all orders that come on our trading platform have to go to the exchanges via lease lines using you know, exchange-approved order management and risk management platforms, right? So... That, that infra is is completely different to how it works in the US where, you know, the order flows can go to multiple venues uh, and things like that. Right? And secondly, in India, for example, the data feed is completely free of cost, right? The exchanges give you data feed for free, but they charge you a transaction fee for all the trades that happen on the exchange. But all the trades have to happen on the exchange. You cannot send your order flow to someone else, right? So there's no concept of payment for order flow. Right. in india we have you know this weird rule where i mean it, it is it's not really weird it actually is is probably keeping retail investors interest in mind where we have to give back uh, send back all unused funds to the customer once every quarter you know so there is no float income to be made long run right so you you kind of have to send that back uh, all the securities in india lie in the customer's beneficiary account So there is no street name. There's no, I mean, as a broker, we have no access to client securities, right? So all of this, you know, all of this is very different to the way it works in the US, right? And uh, so, yeah, so, and then, you know, we thought about it for a bit and we said, India is where really the opportunity is to grow the markets. Uh, And kind of, I think uh, as Indians, uh, you know, if we can somehow contribute back to financialization of this country and helping, uh, Indians be more financially literate. It's eventually going to help the country do better, right? So, so yeah. So we we are we are right now just focused on India.
1: I I just have a question here uh, regarding the demographics because my uh, experience has been when I saw my uh, retired cousin grandparents, you know, they retired and then they sat in front of the CNBC and they became day traders. <laughs> like, what what's the demographic uh, that you are serving uh, now on the platform?
2: Yeah, it's, it's very similar to how Robinhood is actually, you know, I mean, I was looking up their numbers. So 31, 32 years of age is the average age of the customer. So we are more millennials. I think uh, the older crowd, uh, you know, the, the 40 plus crowd likes the credibility one of the larger banks brings. So most of that crowd really trades with brokers who are also the largest banks in the country. Right. So, you know, most of our audience is actually millennial traders who care about products, who care about education and and all of that. I think what is missing in India, which is as compared to the U.S., is also the non-existence of this advisory ecosystem in this country. Uh, Today in India, essentially people who sell you financial products are not really advisors. They're more distributors who earn kind of a commission from the manufacturer. So there is a conflict of interest in everything that is being sold, right? As in the the largest distributor of financial products in this country are the banks. Uh, And uh, and they end up mis-selling generally a lot of products. Uh, So yeah, so there is no professional advisory ecosystem. The regulators in India have they put in rails uh, for uh, you know registered investment advisors to come build businesses out. Uh, but the challenge in India has been that the investment advisors can't charge their investment advisory fees from the asset itself. You know you have to go collect the fees separately. And you know how tough it is to collect an advisory fee separately, you know, especially from retail investors. So that ecosystem is missing. And that's one of the larger opportunities in this country, because a lot of folks come to the markets. They think it's easy to make money. You know, they realize how tough it is very quickly. Uh, but at that point of time, there is that that advisory system is missing in this country. You know, so people get lured away. You know, some of them get lured away by all these YouTube folks, you know, talking about making a lot of money from the markets, trading or day trading, and etc. But um, but yeah, but that's that's a large opportunity in this country to build that you know vibrant kind of an advisory ecosystem that you have in the U.S.
0: And so, when will aren't they craving U.S. stocks, or when will that happen?
2: The the issue in India, right, is is. Uh, uh, I mean, we announced that we will allow Indians to invest in the U.S. stocks a couple of years back. <laughs> and, and, you know, the product hasn't really gone anywhere. The, the big reason for that is is the cost of remittance of funds out of India is just incredible. right? As in, if you send a $1,000 out and, and say, you know, you kind of send money out, $1,000 out of India, invest in some U.S. stocks and get it back to India, you're going to lose, you know, at the currency spreads and the remittance costs, you would have lost... Almost like 6% or 7% in that trade, just in terms of remittance costs, right? And yeah, so for us, you know, the way we thought about it is that unless we can solve for the remittance problem uh, for the really small customer, who's who's essentially our, you know, 90% of our customers are really those $4,000 to $5,000 kind of size customers... And unless we can solve them, the uh, the remittance cost problem, then it doesn't make sense for us to offer the product. There are a bunch of brokers in India who are partnered with the dry wells and and interactive brokers uh, to offer trading in U.S. stocks. But uh, that business hasn't really gone anywhere just because the remittance itself is not just expensive, but it also is a very physical kind of a process. There is a lot of documentation involved.
0: And is the most important part of India like getting the cash transmitted? Is that the biggest part of the app is just how to get started and move money?
2: Yeah. if, if In India, the big problem right now, is because, you know, uh, folks like Wealth and Interactive Brokers, their APIs, I mean, you can potentially offer, you know, you can integrate trading in U.S. stocks in no time at all, because you're anyways are going to leverage on their tech to kind of offer everything. Uh, the problem to solve is is really the remittance, allowing Indians to invest in the U.S. stocks.
0: Yeah. It's really fascinating. So do you like following the U.S. markets? Like, I want to know how you think about the U.S. markets and Indian markets and emerging markets. I want to kind of switch topics because you've built this phenomenal business. You obviously love to invest. And I want to talk about some of the stuff that you're doing at the end on your foundations. But do you love the markets as much or is it, are you just too focused on running the business?
2: Yeah. So all the all the managing money today, my younger brother does it. So he manages all the you know, all the investing decisions are done by him. Uh, so I, I just, I think the business has just been quite crazy the way the business has been for the last one, two years. I mean, if someone had said pre-pandemic that somehow the world's going to go to lockdown and you guys are going to grow as a business by 2x, 3x, I would have said, what are you smoking? You know? So, I mean, it's it's just it's just quite, you know, I mean, it's, it's quite crazy. how. What are you smoking? <laughs> what would be your smoke
0: of choice? <laughs> you can trust us. The um, <laughs> I think we all saw as a eToro Robinhood stock twitch. We there was that moment in February or even before the lockdown, I could just you know, Twitter and stock twitch, you could feel like the fear starting to rise. People weren't acting, they weren't selling stocks yet. But yeah, if you talked to me in March 26 and said you know, revenues, you know, that Coinbase would have had no blip and gone public and eToro would back and Robinhood would be at 40 billion and uh. India would be in a lockdown but the you know biggest brokerage bootstrap guy didn't even believe it in it himself. What do you think happened like what what can you attribute it to in India
2: as, as in India's uh, case I'm I'm, I'm I'm thinking it's very similar to what happened in the. US so, you know in India the bank fixed deposit you know the rates in India the bank fixed deposits are the most popular product. the yields were like six and a half seven percent which was already quite low if you kind of look at long-term averages uh, it came down to five and a half percent. Right. Um, then during the lockdown, people just had more money on them. Right. In India, there was no stimulus checks. People stopped spending. So they had more cash on them. So because they had more cash, I think there was. And because the bank fixed deposits were yielding lesser, you know, people said, maybe we should find another way to look at the market. I think when the markets fell, it was like this big sale that happened. Right. And Indians are crazy about sales. If you throw a discount and you put a big board saying a large sale, you know people want to queue up outside, right So I think I think the first bunch of users came in because there was a big sale. And, uh, uh,
0: <laughs> so, so buy the dip doesn't mean anything there. you just say sale. <laughs> hey, buy the fucking dip in India is just replaced with one word, sale. So, yes, I've learned all yeah. this from Nikita. She's only worked for us for four months, but I've learned all these things from Nikita. <laughs> so, well, how do you feel about the big funded VC competitors coming into this space? You know, uh, I think it's Grow and Up Stocks. Uh, it was just going to happen. Um, right. So how do you think about that now does it change your
2: strategy Not really cuz I don't think see in our business right i mean since you've done this you'd probably know right as in i don't think marketing and advertisement can really get you new customers right in our business and and really the only thing that you can do with a lot more money is to go spend on marketing and advertisement i, I don't think you need too much money to go build on your product right In our business of trading and investing, business grows because of word of mouth, right? As in, if you can put products out there, which is superior than your competition, you know, traders and investors talk about it to their other friends and traders and investors. And most people who start trading and investing, they do it because someone else enabled them to start trading and investing, right? And I started trading because a friend of mine said, you know what, I made some money. Then I asked him, dude, where do you do it? Then he sent me this broker, right? As in, That's how the business grows. As in, no one's going to look at an advertisement, See the thing is i don't think advertisements i mean in india advertisements can't sell greed right i mean if a broker could advertise saying come invest in the markets make 100 percent a year i mean of course that advertisement is gonna get a lot of customers right but you can't sell greed right i mean the best your advertisement can say is oh we are low cost we have great platforms and every single advertisement of every single broker is saying the same thing right and uh, so yeah so we you know if you don't really have to market and advertise there isn't really too much money required in this business. And the Indian regulators are probably, I mean, I'd say way ahead of the U S regulators as in, uh, you know, the kind of regulations we have in India is, is just ring-fenced retail investors, uh, which also has meant that the opportunities as a broker to generate revenue by leveraging is, is almost not there. We don't need more money in the business because we can't do anything with that money, right? Because you, you can't leverage as a business. We can't give leverages to the customer. So so there isn't even money required as a, as a broking business to kind of raise money to do margin funding and stuff like that. Uh, so while it might help, you know, some of the competition um, kind of throw goodies to get like, you know, give a free stock away to get a account and stuff like that. But the revenue in this business lies with the active traders, right? And the active traders are going to come to folks who have better, platforms. And as long as we can stay ahead of the product, I think we are okay. But, uh, but yeah, but at the end of the day, it is, it's that. And, and I don't think money is going to help build a better product.
1: So I, I want to jump in here and I want to ask uh, Harry's question, but on the flip side, which is that, you know, as you're seeing more and more VCs come into India and what you explained that the, the way the Indians look at the VC money and how they are more bootstrap friendly like what do you think that the indian businesses are looking at these vcs coming in like how are they thinking of this like new inflow of
2: money no i mean indians are lap- indian businesses are lapping up all the money that's coming into the country right as in i think uh, i think we had six unicorns in 10 days last month i mean like in, in the first week of april so uh, six or seven new unicorns in 10 days so i think india has growth I think it's one of the only few countries left in the world where there is, you know, growth. And we are, you know, as a country, we are in that journey that, you know, we're going from the $2,000 per capita to $4,000 by, say, 2027, right? And so that's going to be a 100% growth in per capita. And I don't think there are too many countries in the world that can say that that kind of growth potential is there, right? So. So VCs are coming in to India in droves. As in, I think Tiger Global has just has just gone bonkers investing in all that money in in Indian startups. So, um,
1: well, well, they're on a different program. They just want to announce a new deal every forty eight hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think they're playing a different game altogether. You know? so it's. Uh, uh, I think I think Indian businesses see. I think we are probably one of the only few bootstrap large businesses in this country. As in, there is another one called Zoho uh, and us, right? As in, we are probably the two largest bootstrap businesses in this country. Otherwise, uh, today, you know, capital is so easily available. So, you know, I think one of the reasons for us to have reached your bootstrap is because the first from 2010 to 2014, 15, you know, until we weren't really too big. In India, the VC ecosystem wasn't really there, right? As in,
0: yeah. you
2: know, so... Uh, there weren't too many VCs to give money. So I mean, if if in 2011, if you know when we started, if capital was available easily, probably would have raised money. And and I think it's, it's about this whole raising money. I think once you raised it, then you will continue raising it. As in, I mean, you know. So
0: yeah. Well, now you have angel list even there, and that's how I met you through Shiva. So you know yeah. the networks are getting deeper. Um, how famous am I in India? Just a scale of one to ten.
2: <laughs> uh. Stocktwits is very famous. Uh, You, I'd say three, three maybe. (laughs) Well, this will be your first and last appearance on Panic
0: with Friends. See, on situations like that, Nitin, you may be smart, but you're not smart enough to say nine, which would have got you back an invite. So we'll have growing up stucks on for the next few days. (laughs) And you, you met Shiva, who worked for me for a while. He's a great kid, and he just reached out and been hustling? Yeah, Yeah, correct, yeah. Are you investing a lot in india yourself like in other startups or how do you see it
2: yeah so the the incubator that rain matter that that i spoke about we started in 2016 yeah. and uh, there are 20 startups in that portfolio so you know we we cut checks between 500k to a million types and uh, and a lot of these folks came to us because we had that apis you know we call it's it's almost like broking as a service like stuff like what I think Tradier or Alpaca and all of these guys offer today, we've been offering this from 2015, right? Uh, along with offering those APIs, we also kind of cover for all the compliances and, you know, on I mean, everything. As in, so a guy really needs to build just a niche platform on top of it. And when when these folks came to us, you know, they, you know this whole fintech is hot in 2020, right? As in, it wasn't in 2015, 16. So some of these guys needed some money to get started and that's how we started investing and uh, and all our investment was was not really it was more as a you know investment for impact versus investment with any return of investment in terms of capital in mind for us that we need to grow the capital market ecosystem and each of these startups coming and building a niche user experience was an opportunity for us to go out and kind of grow the ecosystem in this country and for the startup more than the money or the APIs that we offered what we did for them is We showcase these products to our customers as if it's our own products, right? Uh, So we help them validate the products very quickly, which is, you know, in the business of money, it's extremely tough, right? As in they won't, people won't trust you with money very easily, you know, especially in a country like India, right? So by showcasing these products to our customers, uh, you know, what would take people two years, three years to validate, you know, we could do it in two months, three months. Uh, One of the first investments we did was this company called Smallcase, who's built a much superior version of Motif, you know, who's shut down in the U.S. Uh, but the thing is, in the U.S., Motif didn't probably make too much sense because U.S. already has all the ETFs in the world. But in India, there there is no ETFs, right? Uh, you know, this platform which is called Smallcase, and uh, you know, they kind of allow you to kind of buy ETFs on the fly, is is done really really well, right? As in, and uh, sm- Smallcase, I think I remember it took them two or three months to have the first. I think 20,000, 10 to 20,000 users, it took us like four years to get to our first 10 to 20,000 users.
0: That's just incredible. I'm going to do one last question, Sort of interrupt there, um, but it's an American habit of mine. What about crypto? I mean, I know we, I just have to talk about it because I don't know anything about the Indian markets as it pertains to, I know that they've been kind of banning crypto, but how do the Indians, the speculators, you think about crypto?
2: Yeah, I mean, the crypto today is just a is very millennial kind of a product. The rich guys are still not in crypto, right? The reason for that is this impending government action on this. So uh, a lot of folks are kind of scared to have exposure to crypto because, you know, tomorrow morning the government can come and say it's, uh, you can't hold crypto or it's illegal to hold crypto or, you know, there might be taxation, which, uh, which might affect significantly. So... Um, so it's not a it's not a big market in terms of AUM, but I think in terms of participation, it's grown quite a bit in the last one year. Um, I think Tiger Global just did an investment <laughs> yesterday or the day before into one of the crypto players in this country. Uh, we as a as a broker, I mean, we, it would have been really straightforward for us to offer crypto, but then um, because. This whole thing is quite gray. And uh, until regulations in India explicitly allow someone like us to offer crypto, you know, we'll have to stay away from it. Um, but uh, but there is the interest has just picked up significantly. It's just uh, we need to see what the Reserve uh, the Bank of India and the government does about crypto. Uh, the regulations have to come through first before uh, it becomes more mainstream here.
0: Well, I look forward to coming to India. I'm going to look you up. I'm going to look up the people that... <laughs> Gave me a nine, so you won't be, you won't be my first, obviously you won't be my first meeting. Uh, but we'll find you, it's not a, it's a tiny town. What, uh, when was the last time you were in the United States?
2: Uh, I was uh, 2019, December, 2019.
0: Yeah. Do, do you have family here or you're just?
2: No, I mean, uh, I uh, have a lot of my Indian friends who stay there and my, uh, some of my distant relatives, but I come there more for my friends
0: well, congratulations. I know you're doing a lot of investing in a uh, foundation around climate change. You've put hundred million of your own money towards this. There's so much more we could talk about, but I've already taken too much of your time. Uh, this is a thrill. You know, people, you know, this, the millennials in the United States seems to think that they discovered markets, you know, it's like they've turned it into their own thing and they've got their game. Was there a GameStop kind of moment in, in India as well this year or did they have their own GameStop thing or no?
2: No, no. I mean, like I said, regulations in India, I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't allow such speculation. So you can't short in India, uh, short stocks, which are not on derivatives. And there are only like hundred stocks in India, which are on derivatives. So you can't really borrow and short. Interesting. What'd you think of all that when you saw it? You just laughed at us? I, mean, I thought, how is that even possible? I mean, you're like <laughs> mother of all markets and how can regulations allow for stuff like that? <laughs> so. It's pretty silly.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on the success. I'm going to put you in touch with our Indian lead Shiv, and we should talk about stocktwits and Zerodha. How do you pronounce the name of the brokerage?
2: It's it's Zeroda, you
0: know. So what does it mean?
2: Yeah, it's it's zero, of course. And then there is Roda. Roda is you know in Sanskrit it means barriers. So it's like saying zero barriers.
0: Oh, very cool. Well, I hope you have Zeroda. I've had a couple Zerodas. And uh, <laughs> we will catch up with you, hopefully, in the near future. When you come to the United States, uh, we think you're at 10. So make sure you call us. <laughs> We're working on that. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Thanks, Nitin. Cheers, bye. Cheers. So, Nikita, popped your cherry there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that what you said? That's all the best you can do. So it was good for you too. Well, there you go, Knut. How'd she do? I think she did great. She was much more eloquent than you. She is. <laughs> she, she's a very close talker. I can tell her to the microphone. It's like a Seinfeld episode. So anyways, what'd you think of that, Nikita? He's a smart guy. He's so smart. Yeah, I, I think he's built a cool product and I think
1: he understands the Indian market. And I just think that they have a great opportunity to keep on growing within India.
0: Obviously, but there's going to be 80 million, he thinks, investors. So it's like the market's going to increase by 400%. So as I've been talking about here, even in the U.S., the TAM is just exploding. Uh, APIs, well, he's built everything in So he's got his own alpaca. So that's why I haven't invested in any There's just too many smart people way ahead of the game, you know? Yeah. it's a reminder that you just, you know, all this tiger money, all this money is going there. But there's a lot of incumbents, smart incumbents with 10 years under their belt. They're not just going to walk away. So it'll be interesting times. Uh, I'd like to do that more. Have a little few international people on. All right. Well, welcome aboard, Nikita. Thank okay, you. you just give us one. If you were going to write your Tinder profile <laughs> right now on the show, what would it say? Because you are single just for all the, for the one for the listener out there in Iowa. If you're going to write your Tinder, profile, and I was to help you, what would you say? Nikita, Aurora, Vancouver gal. Uh, um,
1: well, I think the most important question right now is, are you
0: jabbed? Are you jabbed? Okay. <laughs> I like it. Are you jabbed? Are you and, jabbed? I mean, that's basically it. If you're jabbed, you can swipe. The uh, All right, Nikita, that's our goal, to find a nice guy for you here. Canute, keep your ears open. I will and uh, we'll be back soon everybody with another panic with friends we sit down and uh, we talk to investors traders entrepreneurs just trying to get a little bit ahead of the world we don't want to be a year ahead it's fine to be a couple months ahead even in india it's fascinating you know we talk we got crypto fever here and the indians are doing it all with indian stocks and not focused on the us so or crypto so things are different all over the place the uh, you can find the podcast on apple on Spotify, obviously Google Podcasts, or wherever your favorite podcasts are. Just search my name or Panic with Friends. Thanks, Knut. Thanks, Dr. for disturbing it. See everybody next week.